If you own Bitcoin, then you are a Bitcoiner. Not my words, but those of today's guests, Udi, who everybody here obviously knows already, but it's a sentiment that I share. I've often been canceled by the 12th level sorcerers of the official Bitcoin council for the crime of every once in a while occasionally talking about another token or for saying that there are people in the world who might occasionally want to sell five or 10 sats uh, to pay their bills. And we all know that those are crimes against humanity and that you can be excommunicated from the official community of Bitcoiners for these crimes. Well, if you think that my excommunication is bad, you should see what happened to Udi. We're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about the resurgence of ordinals and BRC20 tokens. Oh, sorry, I had to move. There were lightning bolts. When you say those words, um, they actually try to vaporize you from the sides of the camera. Guys, I can't wait to have this conversation. Udi and I have been long overdue. We're going to talk about why you can still be a Bitcoiner, even if you defy the rules. Let's go. That's dope. That's dope. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and hit that like button. Yes, we would have a million viewers in here today if I had just made a thumbnail like this and said Bitcoin $45,000 going to the moon tomorrow by next last Thursday. But as you know, we like to actually have conversations with real human beings on this channel. And I've got one of my favorite real human beings and he's wearing a wizard hat. What's up, Udi? How are you this morning? Yo, of course I'm wearing a wizard hat. Why wouldn't I? I know. I literally, when we were talking right before the show, I said, why didn't you send me a wizard hat? I would have worn one. I have a Doge oven mitt, uh, Shiba Inu <laughs> oven mitt that occasionally I'll bring out, um, but it just doesn't feel appropriate for the occasion. So listen, maybe because I don't want to take for granted that our audience even understands all of this, can you just give <laughs> a quick TLDR on Ordinal's BRC20 here and maybe what all the controversy is about? Yeah, I mean, for most people, there isn't any controversy, right? Like, there's um, there's this new. Um, it started in February. This new way to put uh, additional data on the Bitcoin chain. Essentially, um, uh, it started with a way to so-called inscribe images on the Bitcoin chain. We used it to inscribe, you know, Temporal Wizards, which is kind of like an NFT collection, but. Um, but it's on Bitcoin and it's immutable and it's it's there forever. Uh, it's hosted on the chain. Some people didn't. <laughs> some people didn't like for some reason that the the Bitcoin chain is used for uh, uh, things that are not buying coffee in El Salvador. I guess. Um, but is anybody amazing... buying coffee in El Salvador with Bitcoin? Is that happening? I think there's uh, a few. I don't. I don't know. It's probably a few. Like like a few tourists. They're like, hey, I heard you, you can buy things with Bitcoin here, but you know, I, I assume there, there are a handful of them. Uh, but the 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 interesting thing that happened is that people loved this idea of putting other types of, of data on Bitcoin, and, and a ton of people started inscribing um, their own collection, their own art. And um, another movement that kind of started is the so-called BRC20s. They're using the same kind of technique in order to do fungible tokens. So it's mostly meme coins, right? Like like people just creating new meme coins and trading them 
and um, those became incredibly popular. Um, I would say most of the <laughs> most of the trading volume in crypto right now that is in in Bitcoin or Ethereum appears to be in BRC twenties in the last you know a few weeks. Now, they're meme coins. They're jokes. I don't know if they're gonna um, stay here forever, but people definitely like the idea of doing a lot of the stuff that they were doing on you know Ethereum and other platforms and doing it on Bitcoin. Uh, the interesting thing I think is that you know back in February when this started, a lot of people said this is you know it's a it's a joke. This isn't going to last. This is some stupid fad, and people are going to stop doing it. It's a scam. It's a, it's a grift. And you know what we're seeing a year later is that the trends just keeps uh, growing, and more and more people are doing this. So the people who don't like it are upset, and are, they're increasingly upset <laughs> because there are more and more new Bitcoin users who are coming into Bitcoin through that kind of sort of activity. Shouldn't they embrace that though? I mean, isn't more Bitcoiners a good thing for everybody? I mean, is this, and, and do you think that the people who are angry about it are a vocal minority or do you think that that's a real movement and problematic? Yeah, so from what I've seen, uh, people are overwhelmingly either in favor or neutral um, just because, you know, it doesn't hurt anyone, right? Like there's no one who's actually... The, you, look, since a lot of people are using the Bitcoin chain, the fees have gone up a lot. Still, the fees are that kind of that kind of hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fees are up like three hundred x what they were were when the year started. That's that's a pretty big increase, and I guess some people are upset about that. But what I would try to remind them is that we've always known that this was going to happen uh, with Bitcoin. Bitcoin intentionally has a limit of four megabytes per block. Um, the, the limit was put there in place intentionally so, so that, you know, people can't inflate the, the blockchain with as many, you know, as, mu as much data as they want. And that allows more people to run uh, Bitcoin in a decentralized way because it doesn't grow too much. It only grows four megabytes every 10 minutes. So uh, we always knew that eventually as Bitcoin adoption grows, that space is going to be, you know, kind of limited. The reason that uh, the community thought this was a good thing was because that means miners are going to receive higher fees. And that helps sustain the Bitcoin network, right? So I think a lot of people uh, in crypto have, have understood this concept in, in the last two years that increased revenue for miners mean that the network is more secure. And especially with Bitcoin, since we're going into the halving in just a few months, and, and the minor revenue is going to cut, be cut in half. Um, the fact that they're going to get paid by minor fees instead is actually very, very positive for mining, for Bitcoin security. Because that means they can continue to spend um, the same amount on, you know, energy, mining machines and so on, and continue to secure the network to the same level. They won't have to cut down on security just because the reward goes down. I mean, and there's always been this long-standing theoretical question of what happens when all the Bitcoin are mined, how will the miners continue to secure the network? We've seen in the last year times when literally these fees are higher. Miners make more money on these transaction fees than they do on actual mining, right? So doesn't that answer that question in a positive way? So to me, I think it's obvious that it is. And I think for most people who think about this deeply, it's obvious that it is. I would say that the people who are uh, unhappy about this, uh, they're mostly unhappy for political reasons. I think there was um, 
there was this movement, uh, you know, I called this laser eye maximalism, uh, that is mostly around, you know, getting political support and getting clicks and likes on Twitter for saying extreme things about Bitcoin. It doesn't have anything to do with Bitcoin itself and Bitcoin's success. It's people talking about how real Bitcoiners only eat meat and, you know, it, it doesn't have anything to do with Bitcoin, but it's great for podcast sponsorships and stuff. So these people, I think, feel like they're kind of losing their grip on the narrative. And if more and more people get into Bitcoin for the so-called wrong reasons, which is they like art, they, they, they're creative, they want to, you know, create cool stuff. They then then we have more and more Bitcoiners that go, don't go through like the funnel of the Doomer podcaster cult, and they are very scared of that because that means they lose the cultural control that they've had for many years. And you talked before about how you were excommunicated. Of course, I was intentionally excommunicated too. <laughs> you kind of kicked and, yourself out, but hey, yeah, yeah, whatever. I definitely, I definitely did that very, very intentionally. But uh, because look, what I realized, I've been a Bitcoin maximalist, and or, or I would say I've been a cult member for many, many years. I and I think people who've been around remember I've been, I, I would say I've been unbearable, <laughs> unbearably cultish, and. Um, and I thought, you know, I, I had my reasons. I thought, I thought it was the right approach. But I think at some at some stage, I was like, well, you know what? We have to look at the data, and we have to look at the reality. And things did not happen the way we thought they would. And it turns out, people love NFTs too. It turns out, NFTs onboarded a ton of people to Ethereum. So shouldn't Bitcoin enjoy that kind of level of adoption too? I think it should, and I think it can. And and I think what we saw in the last year is that it, it actually happened. Um, and as I started saying those things, I had no doubt that I would become excommunicated, but my calculation was that it was going to be worth it. And, you know, I think, I think, I think it ended up proving itself as, as, as a good idea, but the, 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 that cult that I know very well, because I was part of it, cannot accept that there's going to be a new type of Bitcoiner who's, who's, who's not subscribing to the, to the beliefs of the cult. The really interesting thing, look, I've been in Bitcoin for 10 years. I know a ton of Bitcoiners and I know a lot of Bitcoiners who've been in Bitcoin for a long time. And, you know, maybe 2% of them agree with the ideas that you see on the Twitter cult, right? Like it's- it's So it is a loud minority. It's, it's a very loud, <laughs> very tiny minority, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I've long made the argument that meme coins, Doge specifically, I would say in the last cycle, uh, and NFTs when they reached full Saturday Night Live mainstream adoption, <laughs> probably yeah. even if only, you know, one to five percent of those people eventually made their way to Bitcoin in terms of sheer numbers, probably brought in more Bitcoiners than most of us have preaching about how, how important it is and why it matters. Uh, mm -hmm. Like the top of the funnel is actually much easier if you bring people in through things that are fun or through profit that they can make. I know that's not a popular opinion. And frankly, I think even you would agree that if there was a world where we could go on podcasts and talk about uh, global economic meltdowns and Bitcoin as a hedge against the insanity, and that would actually bring tons of people in, we would prefer that. But like if they want to come in through dog tokens, then at least they get here. Exactly. Exactly. And everyone I know, every single person I know, and I know so many Bitcoiners, man, every Bitcoiner I know, no matter what year it was that they joined this movement, it was always out of this speculative expectation of profit. Always. 100% yep. of the times. 
What happens sometimes is that after getting into Bitcoin for that reason, they learn more, they understand more about what it is. And then they're like, hey, actually, there's, there's actually like a big, you know, mission here too. And that's great. But in order to get to that stage, they have to want to join first. And it's always for speculative reasons. I joined for speculative reasons 10 years ago. And every single person I know of course, who joined I, I after came in as a trader and doge yeah. in like 2016, 17, those massive cycles is what made me fall in love. And then the market crashed. I said, why the fuck am I here? And I had to like convince <laughs> myself, uh, frankly, it's, it's honest. Yeah. And then I really fell down the, the rabbit hole. But like you're telling my story and I know that means you're telling the story of all these other people. But let's talk about some of the data here because it's pretty astounding. We saw sort of this death, quote unquote, of ordinals, and they all celebrated, and now it's right. ramping up massively again. Bitcoin transaction fees rival Ethereum amid ordinals resurgence. Class node. I read yesterday as well that uh, right now NFTs being minted on e Ethereum and Bitcoin are one to one. There's as many NFTs, and it and the trend obviously is that it will pass it. That it's actually more popular right now to mint NFTs or ordinals than it is to mint them on the Ethereum chain. It's pretty astounding right now how popular these have become. Again, we mentioned sort of, I want to just go ahead and throw this up here as well. This is Ordi, just a chart of this token <laughs> that has gone absolutely bananas. This is one of those BRC20 meme tokens that was 11 bucks. Uh, I don't know. This is literally a four-hour chart. I didn't even look. This was $12 uh, two weeks ago. It was $66 two days ago. So, mm. and this is like not even people who care that it's BRC20 or on Bitcoin. They're just trading something because it's going up and down. They probably don't even know that it's representative of ordinals, even though it's a meme token, right? So this right. is extremely popular right now. This is not like a fad at the moment. I mean, so, okay, look, it is a meme coin and meme coins do tend to be fad, fads. Like I want to, I do want to like, <laughs> I'm not saying the token is bad. I'm saying the trend in yeah. general, just to be clear. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the trend you, you just cannot ignore it. Like so many people are all over the chain, just inscribing new stuff, uh, all types of files, all types of protocols. And um, it's kind of, I mean, <laughs> it's 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 in that easy money stage that you 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 had in Ethereum in the past. That basically anything that anyone throws kind of tends to stick. Because we're just in this in this position right now where uh, everyone who's in crypto is like, hey, should I look into Bitcoin? Should I look into BRC20s? So there's there's <laughs> there's more and more crypto people getting into Bitcoin every day. So right now it's like it's kind of hot. Um, and of course, you know, if we're being realistic, that isn't going to continue forever. But no, it hasn't continued forever on any chain. I mean, exactly. Yeah, are, this I, is this is purely the speculative side that you described. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think I think though that that the important part, if we zoom out, like if we look at just the last two weeks, I could see why people would say, "Oh, this is a fad." But if you zoom out, this started in February. We went from nothing, from nobody's using Bitcoin for basically anything, right? There's no on-chain activity. We went from that into the chain being like absolutely uh, full uh, fees have gone up 300x and it happened, you know, consistently over this period. I have no doubt this isn't like a flash in the pan. That's what I told people in February. This isn't a flash in the pan. This is going to continue to grow. I think in a year from now, we'll have another conversation. We'll look back and we'll be like, <laughs> remember how small things were in uh, in uh, last year in uh, December? It's just... 
it's just um i think people really want like bitcoin has this um almost mystical <laughs> thing to it because i think a lot of people in crypto you know obviously heard the name but never had a reason to use it right in the last two three years a lot of people who got into crypto never had a reason to use bitcoin they got eth they got metamask they started playing around with DeFi and nfts and they just never had any bitcoin whatsoever and now that they have a reason to play with it i think people are like hey this is cool this is new this is fresh um so and that that i think is going to continue because what happened if you look if you look at the ethereum ecosystem it is so you know developed and rich uh with with things that you can do and bitcoin is like in step one of that process there's there's like an entire ecosystem that can still be built if if we if we extrapolate and assume that the Bitcoin ecosystem will grow to be even 10% as big as Ethereum is, then we're talking about a lot of growth. And yeah, so I think, I think we're going to see a lot of- I um, literally, I don't mean to interrupt and I know I'm making faces over here, but I, I literally just realized you're wearing FTX glasses. Yeah. So (laughs) that's my- so I, I, mean, I mean, I need something, man. This is like, it's embarrassing over here. Your props, your prop game is, uh, is unstoppable. I have to say, but I do want to say that there's some big news that came out about ordinals. That's all over the crypto media today. I'm sure you saw this and I saw people commenting on it. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin ordinals could be stopped. If blockchain bug is patched claims dev, a Bitcoin core developer claimed Bitcoin ordinals exploit a vulnerability allowing inscribers to bypass data size limits, which could soon be fixed. So they're saying that they can uh, unilaterally kill you, which seems weird because last I checked, the Genesis block of Bitcoin had an inscription on it. Satoshi <laughs> himself, uh, you know, the chancellor, we, we all remember him, right? So yeah, chancellor on the brink can, can, of, you uh... be, can you be stopped by uh, fixing a bug? So, you know, what we're seeing here um, is a quote by a single deranged man. Uh, his name is Luke. Uh, Luke Luke has been, you know, a sporadic contributor to, to Bitcoin open source projects over the years. Uh, I wouldn't say um, anywhere near the most prolific, but every once in a while, he makes a small contribution. Um, mostly... Um, mostly tweets his moral uh, stance about things. Um, for example, you know, he said that he thinks masturbation is a crime um, that that is punishable by death. Um, he said that he thinks that uh, uh-huh. he won. He said he wants to eat uh, dogs and cats. Uh, he was serious. He said, you know, he said that um, he said a lot of things over the years, and this is one of the things that he says. Um, he's been very upset about Arnold since February. And it's, he's been writing a lot of code to fix the bug uh, since February. Uh, he's been encouraging people to run it with him. Um, it's, been, it's been almost 10 months of seething and coping from Luke about ordinals. And I want to be very clear, in 10 months, he completely failed to stop ordinals. Not only right. did he not stop right. them, they grew, they grew astronomically. So... He's, he's, you know, once again, he's saying that he can stop it, that it's a bug, that he can fix it. Um, he can't. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, can't. The important point is that's pretty clear. Now, like to, to, to dig in, I guess, more seriously on this, I, I can understand, I guess, why people are mad at BRC20s and NFTs because they don't like meme coins and they don't like art. They don't like NFTs. 
in yeah. general, but conceptually, Bitcoin as the most secure base layer for all of the activity happening on other chains should theoretically be very popular. But we've seen, and also this should push to the major proliferation of layer twos because of the delays in the mempool and the transactions. So we've seen stacks going crazy, right? I don't personally think Lightning will ever scale to handle this, but hey, that's me. But this should spur the more serious development that these people like just because they're seeing what the possibilities are, right? Yeah, I don't think so, sadly. I think that the the people who call themselves uh, Bitcoin core developers, and by the way, it's important to note, uh, unlike Ethereum, you know, in Ethereum, there's a foundation that hires developers and gives them the title uh, Ethereum core developer. Bitcoin does not have that. And, and Bitcoin, a person is a Bitcoin core developer if he calls himself, if he identifies as one. Uh, and that's the situation with Luke. Luke identifies as a Bitcoin core developer. But in practice, there's no meaning to to that title. He's there's there's absolutely nothing he can do. Um, so I and and sadly the the people who do identify as Bitcoin core developers, um, they don't seem to be interested in in growing uh, the adoption of the chain. They're actually most of them that I had the pleasure of talking to seem to be concerned about increased adoption because they're like, well. Um, you know, either Bitcoin is not ready for it or it, it will pose some technical challenges. So they actually prefer to reduce uh, Bitcoin adoption. Not all of them. It's it's a very amorphic group, but many of them. So <laughs> I don't I actually don't think so. I don't think that for that specific group, that's going to change a lot. But what we're seeing that I think is very interesting is over this last year, because uh, of, of the, the growing interest in, in ordinals, we're seeing a lot of new Bitcoin developers. Um, and when I'm saying a lot, I mean a lot. Like I have my calendar is full with calls every day with new developers who are looking for like help and advice and tips. And honestly, honestly, I can't help them that much because they're really bright <laughs> and I'm kind of dumb. I'm wearing wizard costumes and FTX glasses to, you know, shit posts and whatever. So there are a lot of like skilled, talented, new, young, fresh developers who are joining the ecosystem. And I'm a lot more bullish on them than I am on the kind of old guard that is just sitting around complaining. Yeah, I know we got like five minutes left. There's a good question here. Can you comment on how these fees will affect UTXOs? For people who don't know, those are basically unspent transactions. Um, and then I guess like as a side to that, Bitcoin's supposed to be for international remittances and a cheap and fast way to send money to your friends in small amounts. And that's not a thing anymore. Right. Well, I mean, it, it, I don't know what Bitcoin is supposed to be. Um, I think Bitcoin is a permissionless system and we keep figuring out what it's for as we move along. Um, people who want to use Bitcoin uh, to make remittances still can. You know, there's there's yeah. nothing stopping them. They would need to pay the fee in order to compete with people who are using Bitcoin for other things. But that has always been the case. And if Bitcoin is, you know, as if that use case is as useful as, as people claim, then they, you know, the, they should be happy paying the fees. If not, then maybe it's not a good use case. Um, but, you know, I can't really help with that. Uh, with the UTXO question, I'm not sure exactly what he meant. Um, maybe he meant like the size of the UTXO set. So how many UTXOs exist? Um, I don't think it necessarily has to be uh, bigger or grow substantially. Um, People continue to create UTXOs and spend them. I, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure this gotcha. is going to affect that. So 
how does if they okay let's say that ordinals become 2x 5x 10x more popular than they are now which is the trend seemingly how does bitcoin scale to accommodate that or what can be built you know on a layer two or something to to, to scale it does it become problematic at any certain size yeah i think interestingly brc20s are are uh, kind of almost intentionally <laughs> Or, or I would say egregiously inefficient. Um, and so there's a lot of improvements that can be made there. Um, and I think over time, especially if this use case continues to grow, I think those, I think those things would happen. So we will see an, you know, an efficiency increase on let's say one order of magnitude, like a 10 X is something that I think would be pr pretty easy to do beyond that. Um, yeah, I think that's really the, 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 the most interesting part because what happened before no one was no one was really using on-chain bitcoin for almost anything and now that people are we can start talking seriously about scaling solutions and try to actively look for real solutions whereas in the past people were talking about lightning which is it's a, it's a hypothetical solution to a hypothetical problem right because we didn't have the problem and therefore the the solution was barely moving along i think now that there's an actual real economical commercial need to find the solution, I think you're going to see a lot of people trying to find a solution. I think we will. Um, so that's that's really just great news. It's pretty interesting to see. It's almost like a cycle behind where everything else was. In, in yeah. the last cycle, all we talked about was this need for block space and cheaper, faster. I'm talking about outside of Bitcoin, by the way. Yeah. In Ethereum, layer two solutions, all of these things. Now you could argue that coming into this cycle with Solana and Firedancer and all of these things, whether you agree yeah. with them or not, now it's like we have all this block space and speed and nothing's gone viral enough to actually <laughs> use it, right? So yeah. Bitcoin's almost like a cycle behind having the same problems that everyone else was having scaling three or four years ago. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And in one hand, for me as a long-time Bitcoin, it's a little sad that we end up being behind. But also, I think the good news is that we're catching up very quickly. Um, finally, after many years, that there wasn't much progress. So I think there, for one thing, it's a great opportunity for people who kind of are experienced with the cycle in, in other ecosystems because you get to play it fresh on Bitcoin, which is, I think, a really nice opportunity. But also, I think it's moving so fast that I, I, for the first time in many years, I feel like we can actually catch up. So that's 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 really awesome. Yeah, luckily, I think we got a roadmap on Bitcoin from all of the mistakes of other chains, actually. I think yeah. that this was a completely unpredictable to me yeah. way for bitcoin to become more popular and actually become the base layer of meaningful things in the future and to actually compete which i, I didn't see coming at all i thought bitcoin would remain store yeah. value digital gold and there would be all this innovation but once you guys did this people said wait we can do DeFi, maybe metaverse nfts yeah. all the shit that they've been building on chains that people think are less secure you can now do on bitcoin once it scales so i, I think that's pretty incredible i know we're up against time and where can everybody uh follow you check you out uh what island are we going to live on when they kick us all the way off? <laughs> I don't recommend following me. Don't do that. You can you can go follow Tapper Wizards on Twitter. Uh, we're we're trying to stay in the in the front of uh, the Ordinal's uh, sins, so <laughs> you can find us there. Right. Oh, I seem to have lost internet there for a second. All right, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, it's really fun watching the comments when we have you on. By the way. Really. <laughs> I bet <laughs> you're not the only one. Trust me. I go on other people's show and it's the same kind of comments just about me, you know, but uh, 
we uh, Bitcoin shitcoiners got to stick together, I guess. Well, thank, thank you, everyone, for the for the love in the comments. <laughs> it is that there is a lot of love as well, man. You know, we, yeah. we, we know how it is. Uh, and yeah. then the best part that you won't even see is that uh, we got some BSV maxis come in and say that uh, oh, nice. BSV can handle it. Oh, final question before we go. Is Craig Wright Satoshi Nakamoto? <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. I don't He's like, you oh, know, no, it's I funny. I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> No, well, I mean, I think poor guy in the sense that I think he was he was born with some sort of an deficiency, and it's it's unfortunate it wasn't it wasn't treated all this time. Um, but you know, I guess it happened. Oh uh, god, yeah, I don't think he's touch guys. Thank you, Udi, man. Uh, speak to you yeah. soon. Bye bye. Wow, very entertaining. Yeah, I would love to see Bitcoin become a meaningful base layer for things being built in the future. So I think that any innovation is good innovation because I believe that the market will sort it out. And I can tell you that clearly the market, regardless of people's uh, loud voices, the market likes it because we can see exactly what is going to happen there. You guys are so mad. I'm going to go ahead and bring on Chris. We're going to talk about the market. $45,000 Bitcoin while I was sleeping. Uh, you know, who, who could have ever thought it was going to go up? Nobody. Gee, I wonder. Nobody <laughs> could have seen that coming. Maybe. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, anybody's been following, you know, me or me here with your show here and everything, you know, everything's just continued to happen again. The only thing different that's happened this whole year um, that I've outlined since that actually since the, uh, the June, 2022 low was um, just, we stayed longer there. we stayed sideways for seven months. You know, we had two pullbacks. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, we're hitting the same areas. We're looking at the same things. We're getting the same movements. You know, um, we got the breakout after that seven month uh, sideways move there. And, you know, everybody's looking for the pullback. And, you know, you and I kept talking about on here, man, you know, it's sometimes, uh, especially with Bitcoin, the early stage of the bull market, it gets in this uh, reaccumulation as it's just kind of rising there. And then it pops out higher and goes. And so um, who would have thought, you know, a year ago I said, uh, you know, we'd be looking, I mean, we, we said just pre previous cycles, usually at least 618, uh, the 61.8%, 61.8% uh, retracement of that whole bear market low before happening. Um, that's coming up there. I think that's right around 48 and a half thousand or so. Yeah, um, right and now. so, you know, a year ago, when we were talking about this. We we're looking at upper forties, early, you know, lower fifties. Um, and so it's, it's, it's actually your here. Chart. It's you can show close. it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a lot easier if I just pulled up your chart since you've got it right there. Yeah, I, you know, again, uh, same chart I've been updating since, uh, again, since back over here in that June uh, 2022 low where I said uh, that was going to be likely the start of uh, accumulation. And then as we got to this area over here, we were noticing we were getting lower highs and lower lows. And we said we could get a spring or even a terminal shake out here, which is what this is. Um, people who are new to Wyckoff argued the hell out of me. I'm back over here. Call me some really funny names. Um, you know, tell me how this was not the selling climax, but it was, you know, selling climax was, was over here. They're saying that wasn't, they said it was over here, but you know, terminal shakeout, move back up, rally back out. And then just like I said, just that second pullback is the only thing, um, we weren't kind of looking for, but other than that, everything else here, everybody wanted the pullback. Instead, we got the reaccumulation on the rise here. we got this nice breakout. We're about to hit the top of the channel. I think we still got higher to go. Um, if, if I'm zooming in the, the, the larger timeframes, you know, they're overbought. But as you know, that you know that doesn't mean it necessarily has to drop right then. It just means that it, that the trend is strong, right? That that this upward trend is strong, and um, so you know it can stay overbought for periods of time. Uh, you know, Stoke RSI here, or RSI over here, as you see, 
um, you know, again, over here. And we're just now getting back up here. This is the daily. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, minimally we'll hit this uh, channel resistance. But, uh, you know, the other thing I've been talking about, again, God, man, this aggressive move sideways between the PIV and the R1, and we didn't even come back and test the PIV. We just rallied on up through. And when we do this, we usually hit at least the R4, usually the R5. So again, that R5 pivot gets us up there, lower uh, lower 49,000s up there. I'm digging through, uh, while you're talking, I've been digging through my old sort of having chart and looking at that 61.8. What's interesting is that you do get the 61.8, but then usually you go way back down and make a higher low. Like yeah, in the well, last yeah, cycle, you know, that 61.8 retracement was that move up from 3,000 to 14,000. Yeah. And then COVID, we went down back below 4,000. But but that, that was, was just one time. Further back, right? And that was further back in the cycle. Yeah. Right? Like we're yeah. we're much closer to the having now to get a retrace because that would be the equivalent basically of going from here back to 20 or something like that and then all yeah. the way uh, uh to the moon which would be a very aggressive move. But yeah, so we did. I mean, I'm looking at 61.8, but And and the other the other difference if you really want to look at as far as structure goes in the market is again, you know, we had that 6 7 months of sideways here. Um, whereas uh, leading up into the COVID pullback there and the whole BitMEX liquidation engine, all that nonsense, um, you know, it was a much more uh, straight up rally kind of thing. And then kind of downward sideways, we're going upward sideways, you know, we're, we're getting these, these sideways movements on the way up. And so, you know, structurally, you're going to get a different response um, from price action. So, uh, you know, I kind of look at that and, um, you know, some people are saying, well, we haven't had a real pullback yet. Sure we did, you know. My black uh, number two there uh, with the last point of support um, down there right in this area. I mean, that right there was a pretty good pullback. But then we had this. And this is this gives you the same net effect of a strong pullback because it's just sideways. It's reaccumulation over an extended period of time. So, yeah, I mean, again, um, you know, I, I can't, you know, there are no guarantees. I can't say, oh, it's definitely going here. It's going to pull back. But, you know, we've got our targets based on previous cycles. We've got our targets based here on um, – just some things that I know about trading pivots, um, targets based on counts, stuff like that. So until we're actually getting some more significant pullback on the lower time frame, um, I, I think you know you just continue to employ um, proper risk management and and ride this until it's done. Yeah. Okay. So if we're looking at that kind of forty-eight to fifty area, clearly as that sixty-one point eight to sixty-five percent ish, right? That's sort of the golden pocket. I'm literally yeah. looking. Here's the last cycle for those. Just since I was talking about it, you had the high around twenty, came down to literally three thousand, and I, I draw the sixty-five percent. It's not a fib, but that area between the sixty-one point eight and sixty-five yeah. is considered the golden pocket. And I mean, it literally like hit that sixty-five right there before heading right back down. So. I guess the question then naturally becomes, is there a retrace coming when, how deep? I know you can't tell the future, but like if we go to 50 here and uh, I mean, we're not like I, I was on uh, Paul Barron network yesterday and he was like, what do you think of the super cycle? And I was like, don't do, don't even say that word. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I don't want to hear about this time is different and how nothing can go down anymore. Right. Like there's going to be 30 or 40% retracements here somewhere. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, I know everybody wants, everybody's excited about Bitcoin and, you know, for good reason, uh, you know, you can buy in and uh, a year later be up 180%, you know, uh, and then just watch it, you know, multiply X times over the next two years. Um, there's, there's very little that actually does that, but the reality is it's just price action. It's just a market. And so nothing goes straight, you know, in a straight line. Uh, everything pulls back at some point. You just have to figure it out. So, 
for me, it kind of becomes, okay, well, is the, you know, I've got the two different counts again. I've got the one, two, one, two in black, which gives us this wave circle three target up here at around 51,950. Or is this all like some sort of one here and then two is a flat in this red count, um, which would give us, uh, let me see. I think, it's, I think it's pretty close to that area. Uh, well, no, it's a little bit higher up here. <laughs> it's 76,120. So I'm interested in seeing what happens up here. Do we start getting that major pull? If we do, okay, then we come on down here. We don't revisit uh, 30. I don't believe we revisit that again. I think we get down here. Um, as I've been talking about before we broke out, you know, I said if we're if we're breaking this mid-30s area, the likelihood is we rally up in the upper 40s, lower 50s, then we pull back at most to the mid-30s. Um, and so we've got the support here now to do that. And then I'm rally just laughing at because like we were at 38 uh, what, a week ago or something. Yeah. I don't know the exact date. And I'm thinking how excitable people were about 38 on the way up. But if we're there again in a week or two, how depressed they'll be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's human emotion, right? It's, uh, again, it's what makes us so great. It's what makes being human great. Um, it's what makes trading suck. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, trading, I always say trading simple, it's not easy. It's it's simple because it really is, you know, measured movements and, and you know, just human beings, uh, you know, reacting. And they because of that, it's predictable, but uh, forecastable. But it's not easy because you have to. It's not that you're fighting with everybody else out there. You're fighting with yourself, your own emotions. Um, we all remember that first time straightening out until you finally get through it. But even then, you still have emotions. You still have to deal with. You still have to keep them in check. Um, it's hard not to to get FOMO on something that's you know blasting up and has a history of doing so. And the newer you are to trading, and and not used to really managing those emotions, the more difficult it can be. So yeah, it can be a real emotional roller coaster uh, being in the market, especially this one. I see a bunch of people asking about ETH, and I think you have that tab up next. So I let's, do, let's, yeah. Let's see it. By the way, I, can I say something about ETH real quick? Go right for it, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you've seen this, but obviously I like to look at ETH BTC at this point because not that I'm going to trade it out of Bitcoin, but I think that's where the signal is. I've said this mm -hmm. over and over again. We're, we hit oversold for the fourth time ever on weekly RSI. Those have all been obviously massive bottoms because that's what we get. Right now, though, man, we're looking like if this continues, we're going to get bullish divergence on weekly oversold RSI here because as long as we close kind of below this 0 0.052 uh, on the end of the week, and RSI would need still a major push down. I think that, dude, and, and to be clear, guys, weekly RSI, like bull divs, can take literally weeks to even start to play out. But I think this is giving us all the signals that within the next few weeks or months that we're just going to see a major outperformance here. Maybe it's my own bias, but man. Well, I figured I'd pull it up too here since I have it there. I uh, figured people might want to know about it. And, you know, this was, again, this was that target area I was looking at. Um, we'll zoom out here to the bigger account in a minute here. But, um, you know, it, it looks like one, two, three, four, five up here. It looks like ABCWX and then ABCY. We've got the S1 pivot on the daily sitting right here, just slightly lower, uh, almost around the EQ of this uh, demand structure here in purple. And we're just about to hit oversold here on, on the uh, daily RSI. Daily Stoke RSI is almost bottomed out and oversold. Um, we've got volume kicking up all in this area here right now. So, I mean, there's a lot of signals here going, you know, you want to watch this area because if we can get a rally off here, um, there's a good chance that this is done. And so, you know, breaking out above, uh, which one's the higher one here? Let's see, 12508. Uh, one, two, five. Okay. So breaking out above this swing high right here at 0561250808 on the Bitstamp chart, 
um, that's going to say, okay, wave three is in progress. And so if it's off here, we've, you know, that's going to get you up here around 0 0.06509. And at that point, we should be done. Let me zoom out here. That's off to the races on the larger time frame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the, this is that larger count. It's the idea that we're, you know, wave four, and then this is one, two of, of the wave five going up. Uh, but this one, this larger one, two here, which which may be completed that previous swing low, that wave three is up there, 0 0.12888. So a lot of potential. But here's the thing. If it does break down, what we'll look at is, okay, um, this is probably a flat here, and we've got, Wave four down here around the 50% at 0 0.0435, basically, at that 50% retracement. So, I mean, if it does that, that's where I'm looking, and then I would expect that reversal. But, um, man, oh, man, you know, uh, a lot of possibility, I think, here on the day that we just need to see it grab a bid, catch a bid here right around this area and kind of rally itself up. And so, you know, that would make sense, especially if, if Bitcoin's getting more toward the top end of, the, of this rally finally, you know, take some steam off that jump into uh ethereum right our buddy our buddy fibo swanee just said eth ptc just hit my buy targets while i'm bear zone we shall see so i'm yeah, glad that, so, uh, good, that that's know. three of us that are somewhat aligning here i mean i still want to see the uh rsi elbow up there and try yeah. to give me some confirmation but man it's really hard for me not to just really love eth here it's just such a classic uh, yeah signals happening exactly if not right now just really close really soon i think you got to be watching it so what do you got next uh, but again, Ethereum here, um, nothing's changed here. Basically, you got a one, two, one, two. Uh, we've got uh, this um, one, two, three of three target up there at 4675. Uh, locally, it looks like we've got a target of maybe, uh, let me see, 2485 or a secondary target of 266350. Um, and that'll get us, you know, this one, two, three, four, this five off, um, off this low here. So we get a one and we'll get a pullback then and then kind of figure up. But I mean, if you're looking longer term, again, Ethereum's finally breaking out here. Um, you know, we had uh, one test, two tests here and three tests right here and then pop. Um, and so just looking for it to carry out higher there. Um, if we do, you know, get toward these upper targets here, we'll just pull back right around. You know, again, this previous resistance as support area here, uh, 2000, 2100 kind of area, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'd look forward to and then straight to higher. 25. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. All right. What else you got? I see some other uh, tabs uh, up there. Real quick here. DXY, just keeping everybody in here. Uh, it looks like we are complete with yeah. that too. Uh, looks like we're heading down for three. Uh, locally here, we've got an A, a B, and we're hitting a C right at the daily pivot. So we should expect generally a rejection here. Drop on down. Um, you know, that's just going to continue down and we should drop uh, below a hundred eventually and continue lower on there. So if you're worried about the, you know, the DXY kind of causing you pain. I don't think so. I think yeah. uh, we are topped here and continuing to break down for, uh, you know, foreseeable future anyway. Hooray for my TLT trade. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, Clay was an interesting one I saw here. I've talked about it a few times. I don't remember if I've talked about it here, but um, if we can get this breakout here, um, which we should above this, what is this here? 2289, 0.2289. Uh, that should give us a minimum expected target of 2623, secondary target there of 2850. Um, and then we'd pull back toward this, still toward this 19 cent area. Uh, and then that's where you'd want to be looking to, you know, looking for a reversal uh, to grab the next long leg up. So we've got a little bit further up and then a pullback and then continuing up there. Ah, Doge. We got Doge, man. Dude, it's going. Uh, 
It is Delta's going. done the breakout, as you can see here, out of the range. Uh, it just broke out above wave B here. So this one, two has a three up here at 35 and a half cents. Um, locally, we got one, two, that three has uh, 17.632 cents. Um, and then even more locally here, we've got a one, two with R3 right there at around uh, 0.14813, so 14.8 cents. So again, you're working wear, on- I have to wear the oven mitt anytime I let you talk about Doge. <laughs> well, we hit the three, yeah. you know, and then we got that larger three, and then we've got the even larger three up here. Um, so I think uh, I think Doge is looking good. I think it uh, wants to take off right yeah. here. Should get really fun, um, and then of course breaking out there. Um, and so yeah, you know, if you like Doge, I see fifteen cents. I see fifteen cents. <laughs> man, it's just, since they ruined the cycle, the the Doge cycle, it you sucks, know, man. Elon, like I I know that Elon Musk, I guess, helped a lot of people get rich on Doge, but damn it, he broke it, man. <laughs> it we we had the like most so perfect, consistent trade in history. And he just broke it. Yeah. So yeah. It. Yeah. And uh, I guess we're going to talk about Doge. We might as well talk about SHIB, right? Uh, this um, is technically probably a Sh Shiba Inu. So, yeah, we should do that. Yeah. It looks like we had a spring down here. And then we've got a test of that spring. And um, the volume. I asked on you about SHIB a couple of weeks ago, remember? Do what? Do you remember? I asked you about SHIB a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. You did. You did. Yeah. I think it looks good. Uh, we got a, we got a, a low volume spring over here. And uh, we've even got to test it, another pullback at even lesser volume. That's what you want to see. There's less selling on the chance to pull back, even less selling than what you had. We're going up. Um, I think we've got like a one, two, one, two right here. So this interior wave three, target at uh, 1407. Uh, this larger three, target up there at 2185. Oh, wow. Uh, so pretty good movement from where we're at right now. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think we kind of do that. And we head up on there and we keep on going. Um, yeah, I have my incorrectly drawn range differently. I went to the highs, obviously, but when yeah, we talked, yeah. my premise was that it was once again, sort of this deviation here was flipping. So we were at 700, obviously now at about a thousand, but the target being just sort of that EQ where it had tapped here. I like yeah, your higher targets yeah. because I think if you break 1134, you're obviously going to these highs. Um, yeah. But his range, by the way, is technically correct from a Wyckoff perspective. Well, yeah, mine's Wyckoff. Right, right, right. Not, I mean, it's not that their range is incorrect. It's just mine. No, just, I just want to say I'm not using Wyckoff. It's just I'm pulling the highs and the lows of the move and calling it a day, right? So. Right, right. But this is all accumulation here. Started back here at the selling climax on June of uh, 22. You know, again, if, if you're in the markets, June of 22 was basically the low. That's where ETH hit its low. Uh, Bitcoin just had the terminal shakeout. But most altcoins also had that low there, same area. Um, and then, of course, we got over here in June of 23, we had this, uh, again, low volume spring came out, another pullback right here, and now we look ready to go. So this has been a, you know, a long bit, a year plus of accumulation right here. So when we break out, it should be a good move um, and, you know, and continuing up through there. We did break through this descending resistance as well just recently. Uh, we've got three, you know, one, two, three right there. Large candle spread, large spike of volume. That's what we look for. Um, Stoke RSI was uh, neutral, hit uh, cross bullishly at that area. Uh, I mean, so it's, it's a great setup of stuff happening there, um, you know, and we've clearly run up through the R2 pivot. So, again, would expect a run up through them, which gets us at that three. Uh, so, you know, however you're looking at it, the different ways um, that, that I look at it, they all kind of align there and say it looks like it's good for overall you know, higher runs here. Um, 
me see here. Or I don't dogs, know. Man. Let me see. I've got all oh, this XCC I thought was interesting. Uh, popping out to the weekly here. Uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five up. We've got three back. So, I mean, based off that, we've got a three up here at uh, 95.80. So, you know, right now we're at 35.14. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it almost gives us, what, uh, 200% just to get to that wave three minimum expected target. Um, you know, again, if we're just looking at the channel here, uh, impulsive breakout above the channel EQ should give you a target of the channel resistance. Uh, you know, once again, just different ways of looking at it locally here. We've got a nice, you know, breakout retest of the pivot, break out the R2. Again, should run through R5 pretty easily, which gets us to the swing high. Um, so XEC is a, is looking like it's pretty good here. There's going to be pullbacks along the way, guys. You know, when I talk about these larger time frames, don't jump in with a, with a stop loss like five, you know, you know, a half a percent away or something, you know, and you're looking for some target that's 100% up. Uh, that's how you get yourself uh, stopped out, guys. Then you go, oh, stop losses don't work, and, you know, whatever. They, they do. You just have to do them. Correctly. I was right. I shouldn't have used a stop loss. Yeah, exactly. If I exactly. a stop loss, I would have been totally fine. Totally Yeah, fine. you know who else says that, right? Carolyn Ellison. There you go. <laughs> the best. The best. <laughs> reason you stop for loss. That one. She's the best advertisement in history for stop losses. Oh, my losses. God. We Perfect. just don't yeah, really use so. them. Um, I guess you don't need to use stop losses when you're trading with someone else's money. That they don't man. Know yeah, but look what that gets you. <laughs> Jail. Jail. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much does it there. Um, it's kind of like the more interesting charts right now. Awesome, man. Appreciate it, guys. Everybody follow TX West Capital. Also, uh, Chris has been coming on spaces a lot, which has been great. So, obviously, guys, we, you know, we do that at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, about 20 minutes. He's he's become a very common, common facer, which I love. Uh, people are making fun of uh, stop losses over here in the comment. Very funny. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, that's all we got for you today. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I've got DZ, uh, who hosts Around the Blockchain. Uh, he's going to come on. Uh, they've had me on Around the Blockchain a bunch of times, so I'm going to have him on reciprocation. should be a lot of fun talk talk the news and what's going on in the markets. That's basically all I got. Chris, anything else you need to share before I let him go? Um, no, I mean, you know, other than, uh, Hey, we just opened up a free section, um, to oh, our yeah. site at members.texaswestcapital.com. We're trying to feel it all out and get it there, but, uh, I'm going to share, uh, you know, a lot of free information on there, even more than what I do on social media. So people want to join that and check us out. They can do so. we got a lot of great people, um, over there. He said free. He said free. I guys. said free. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Check it out. All right, everybody. Thank you. See you tomorrow. Bye, Chris. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, man.